Welcome to another episode of the Gay Archive Show, where we explore gay history one bar at a time. I'm your host, Art Smith, and today we'll be exploring the world of gay businesses run by David Fisher of St. Pete, Florida. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. How could I not? You have an amazing combination of businesses in St. Pete, all of which are either focused on or at, le- at the very least, very welcoming to the LGBTQ community. Thank um, you. So, and they're, and they're not like thrown together hole in the wall kind of places. They're all well thought out um, places. So the first one I want to talk about is one that kind of blew me away. Um, I had a friend in Atlanta who is very much um, an eclectic kind of artsy um, home decor kind of guy. And um, for his desk in, <clears throat> in his office, he had this gigantic aluminum airline, airplane wing that was kind of bent to make a desk. And I noticed that exact same item in the window of Zazud. Uh, yeah. So that kind of set the tone for that store. So tell me a little bit about Zazud. How did you get involved in doing this really kind of fun, eclectic um, gift store? Sure. So I, um, for 25 years, worked for Darden Restaurants as their vice president of training um, and retired when I was 46. And um, I was schooled in design, uh, more from the architectural versus the interior side of design and um, knew I always wanted to do something um, eventually in that field. And so um, when I knew I was going to retire from Darden, I opened a store. I had a house in Orlando and then I had a beach house down um, on Sunset Beach. And I knew I wanted to open a store that um, kind of reflected what I always had kind of wanted to do and my passion in life was, which was kind of design from both, you know, aesthetically from a a store perspective and interior design as well. And having worked in uh, and with so many restaurant brands in the past, um, tapped into that as well from a design perspective. And so have worked on many designs throughout uh, Tampa Bay and the rest of the U.S. Um, on both commercial and residential design uh, services. So we do both out of this store. It's an eclectic kind of mix of antiques as well as gifts and home decor. And uh, then the design side of it, our design center is where I'm sitting now. And that's in the back of the store where we work on interior design for both commercial properties and residential properties. Now, throughout the course of this video, I will be uh, showing some pictures of the store and some of the merchandise you carry there, as well as the clubs we're going to talk about shortly. But um, what makes what makes Zazud stand out from the other um, home decor and gift stores that are scattered all around the Tampa Bay area? Um, well, we hear mostly that it's uh, we display it in a unique and different kind of way than most people do, and we help people envision how they could bring together a mix of both old and new within their homes and uh, and lives. And so a lot of people have antiques that they've grown up with over time or that have been passed down to them, but yet they want a new, fresh feel to their home. And so we try to bring those two elements together 
um, in a unique and interesting way that um, helps people envision how they use it in their home. Yeah, when I was in your store, um, one word that that came to mind um, as I was kind of glancing around was curated. It's kind of like you've very intentionally chosen every single item that is in that store. It's not just, oh, let's go to the merchandise mart and buy, you know, 50 grand worth of stuff to throw on a shelf. It's like every single thing in there has a purpose and somehow caught your eye and you said, I need this in the store. Is that really the case or? Well, we're glad you feel that way. It doesn't always work out that way, especially today with today's supply chain issues. Um, So I can go to market and or, um, you know, do estate sales and things like that to do um, some shopping and and you get a vision in your head of what it's going to turn out like. And sometimes the stuff or product doesn't show up that makes half the story not come together. So um, sometimes we have to wait and we keep it in the back room until we get the rest of the product in that kind of tells the story. But yeah, I, I definitely buy with an, an idea of how it's going to come together in the end. Uh, but I never really know execution wise how it'll work out until I actually start moving stuff around. And once you move one thing around in here, you pretty much are going to move everything around because it just kind of is a domino effect of, of how things um, you know, move around and, and work out within the store. It's, it's a tight space and we have a lot in here. So um, you move one thing and everything basically has to move and change. So, which is exciting because it makes people see different things when you move things around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes just moving it a few feet or shifting the position in the store makes it, you know, suddenly the next person walks in and goes, oh my God, I have to have that. And yeah. it's been there for like a year, but they never yeah. noticed. So yeah. how long has Zazud been in operation? We are now in our ninth year. Um, so I started two years before I retired. Um, and we're in our ninth year here. We just moved locations, actually. We're now, we were at 531 Central. We're now at 631 Central. Um, so we just moved a block up on the same side of the street. And uh so we're in our ninth year and we, you know, we love what we do for the city and what we can do for the Tampa Bay area. And uh, we love being a part of a small business here. It's a very welcoming city for small businesses. Uh, and kind of that's one of the biggest reasons why I've decided to continue business endeavors here and open more businesses, although not so retired anymore. Now, after five businesses opening up, um, <laughs> it's a little busy around here. Well, for people who are unaware, um, where David's businesses are located, uh, they're all basically on Central Avenue. Central Avenue is the dividing street between North and South St. Pete. So it's it's like the main thoroughfare. And um, it's always had kind of um, a special charm to it. Um, like one of the neighborhoods that's very well known along Central Avenue is what they call the Grand Central District, which is kind of the home and the focal point for decades of the gay uh, pride festivals until they moved the parade downtown. Um, and then the other part, I guess, is what do you refer to the other? Is the other one the Edge District where Zazud is? Or No, the other one's called the Central Arts District. They don't, they're not quite as established from an area or boundary perspective, like the the Grand Central and the Edge District are. So, um, but this area of town is really called the Central Arts District. 
And they're basically within what a mile or two of each other. Yeah. They're pretty close. Yeah. Um, now just up the street at some point, you know, David decided that being semi-retired and only having one business to run was not quite enough to keep him going. So he dipped his toe in the water of, um, I don't even know how to put it, of, of the entertainment industry. And um, he, got, he got into a very large project. Um, yeah, that's become bigger and bigger as we know it today. But um, it really started out with The Saint. Um, that was the first kind of concept creation in that building that we're now in and now have five uh, or four of the five businesses that we own today. Um, so the saint was really the first kind of delve outside of Zazud that we started. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the saint. I have not sure. been there, um, but I have seen the pictures online. We will be showing them throughout this segment. The saint has a very cool vibe to it from what I can see. What was the inspiration for the saint? Where did that come from? So um, I knew I wanted to, I, don't, I have no idea why, but I've always wanted to own a bar. Um, and so I work with a, a um, local um, entrepreneur here in town that owns quite a few hotels and businesses. I designed two of his hotels, the Avalon and the Hollander, um, as my design business. And I had worked with him on many other projects, not so visible as those two. Um, that he has in town. So he wanted to um, look at buying um, what was a historic building in town called the Mari Jean. Um, there were some developers from my, Miami that had um, looked at the building and opened it as a hotel, but they got, I think, too deep into it and probably it cost way more money than they thought it would to remodel it. Um, the building was in pretty bad condition. So Mike took me down there, said, what do you think? Can we do this? And uh, so I said, yeah. And he said, well, who's going to own all these businesses in here? I don't want to do it. I just want to own the building. And so I said, well, I've always wanted to open a bar. <laughs> Little did I know that would lead to what we have there today. But um, so it started with the saint. The saint is, um, to get to your question, it's loosely based on the Catholic religion. I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school. Um, and it's all red inside. I knew I wanted a bar that was all red and kind of the ideas just blossomed from there uh, my mind doesn't really stop thinking and so uh, I just get creative that's my best creative moment is when I um, sit and kind of relax and can can digest what's happening and so I thought I wanted to build a bar that would explore the um, differences between what religion told us to do in life and what we actually do in life um, because I think a lot of people get conflicted with that and they don't know how to um, justify and or how to, um, you know, have both in their lives. And so the bar is simply meant to explore that. People take it in different ways uh, when they get in the bar. Uh, you know, I've always collected Catholic antiques and things. So there are actually um, real church lights in there. There are real Catholic um and other religious antiques in there um they're all you know true artifacts from the church um you enter through a confessional and you have to know um how to get in to the bar because it's a, a true speakeasy 
The door is not labeled. It's on the side of the building. Um, you'll see some red lights. And uh, once you get in, it's a whole world of what you wouldn't expect once you enter through the doors, kind of from the exterior looking till you get inside. Well, I think that the design perspective of that space uh, speaks volumes to your talent and your your vision um, and also kind of reinforces the whole concept of your your dream with Zazud because it really is you were really passionate about the way it looks and it looks very authentic. I could imagine that space being featured in you know a movie, you know, maybe a remake of The Omen or something that has kind of some twisted religious connection to it. Um, Thank you. And, and it definitely has has that vibe to it. Now, if I walk in there, am I, you know, I, I too am, am a recovering Catholic. Uh, I was very much immersed in the Catholic religion um, prior to my high school years. And... Um, so I would, looking at the pictures, I would expect it to smell like frankincense when I walked in the tour. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it's it really is um, much different than what people think on the outside. So some people are like, "Is it a devil worshiping place?" No. Is it a anti church place? It's not. Uh, my parents are still very much um, in the Catholic Catholic religion, and and so when I brought them there for the first time. Um, I was curious to see what kind of my mom's reaction more than anybody's was to it. And she, you know, she loves it. We have priests and nuns come in all the time that love it. Um, it's not meant to offend anybody. It's just meant to simply have your mind be open and explore the differences that we actually do in life versus what we're told to do, um, from a church perspective. And so, um, you know, the, the, the space has been used because it's all red. It's very hard to film in there because the red lights, the red, everything's red. Um, you'll see in the pictures that you share, but um, the walls are fur and, and sequin. And, and so it, it adds a bit of antique nostalgia along with, again, new, different, funky stuff. Um, it's very Instagrammable. It's been used in um, two music videos and also a, a TV show. Um, and so, you know, people, people definitely want to film in there. We try to keep the mystery and mystique of what a speakeasy is intact when we do film in there or, or people want to film in there. So we're pretty picky about what we let happen in there. Um, but, you know, it, it's a small space. It only holds 69 people. We, we only allow people to, we don't have people stacked at the bar. You have a seat. Um, it's a true speakeasy where you sit down with your group of people, you enjoy the company that you're there with and, and others around you, but you're not walking around a, your typical bar where you go to the bar and order a drink. Everybody, you know, has a, a server that comes to them. Our, our mixologists are called mischief makers. They're, uh, you know, behind the bar, they will, um, craft your cocktails, um, and, and lead you through an experience really from the minute you enter the door or walk up to the front door. Till you leave in the evenings um and so we wanted it to be a, an experience you know a night out where it was something different and unusual that saint pete had never seen and so uh that's how the saint started we opened it during the pandemic uh which you know people think that that's a crazy idea but 
um, the, the layout of the place and the fact that everybody was seated and, and had a table assigned to them and we chose where they went, it was really easy once we opened with social distancing guidelines and things of that sort to work um, and work within the, the original guidelines that we were given back during the height of COVID. So um, the space has been hugely successful, thank God, since it opened. Um, and it's, uh, you know, on Friday and Saturday night, it's not unusual to have an hour or two hour wait to get in there. Um, during the week, we have entertainment. Um, we have, you know, Tarot Card Tuesday, which is, we'll have some type of um, Tarot Card Reader or Astrology, astrology Sign um, Interpreter. We have um, Burlesque Wednesdays. So we have a burlesque, burlesque troupe that works with us that uh, does burlesque um on wednesday nights and then we have a live singer on thursdays and then you can uh enjoy the speakeasy you know outside of kind of that entertainment realm um the other nights of the week sundays is service industry night so we offer all service industry folks um first responders and any military uh folks half off their their bill when they come in on sunday nights. very cool and for those people who have to wait an hour or two hours to get in on the weekend nights, conveniently for you and them, yeah. they can simply stroll a few feet around the corner and uh, enjoy the the patio and the outdoor space and indoor space at uh, Cocktail. Yeah, so um, about a year ago now, so the Sane will be two years old in September, um, in May, a year ago, we opened Cocktail, which is a um, gay, uh, it, what was intended to be a bar, um, really more than a nightclub, but it became more a nightclub than a bar. Once we opened it, we found there was a huge need for dancing and, and things of that sort. And so it morphed quickly um, when we opened Cocktail. It was, again, very busy when we opened. Uh, we were still, you know, pretty deep into the pandemic when we did that. And um, it was hugely successful when we opened. It was, you know, we'd get people walk around the corner that were on the way to the Saint. Thankfully, now we finally um, gave in and we we allow for half the dining room at the Saint to be uh, booked for reservations in advance now. Um, and so that's made the wait a little more bearable for some people. But those that don't make reservations, you know, there's still going to be a on the weekends a, a wait definitely to get in there. But they come around and then they have cocktails at um, cocktail and then we page them when their table's ready at the same. They go enjoy that. So they get to enjoy both venues um, or like you said, sit out on the sidewalk and enjoy the what right now is really hot weather and, uh, you know, a cocktail out on the sidewalk. Now. <clears throat> I'm putting up images that include your logo, which is emblazoned across the front of your T-shirt there. Um, but in the for the people who haven't really been paying attention, the bar cocktail, the word cock is emphasized. And there is a very large cock on his shirt, a very large uh, kind of mosaic rainbow colored rooster, um, mm -hmm. which is the symbol of, of cocktail. And cocktail has some interesting features, again, very kind of high style, uh, intentionally designed. When you go in there, you look at individual elements and you say, yeah, this didn't come from a restaurant supply company. This didn't come from the previous bar that was here. This was all put together with um, some definite plan in mind. And the first thing that comes to mind 
is the um, the whole mirror ball display that's suspended from the ceiling near the TJ booth. What was the inspiration for that? Where did that come from? So that was like a late ad, actually. So um, if you've been in my other businesses, which obviously you have, Art, um, you I have a sixth sense of humor, and that sense of humor should come through in pretty much everything I do, whether it be a design project for somebody else or for uh, myself and the and the businesses that I have. So if you go in any of the businesses, you will find humorous um, twists on kind of what the theme is for that business. Um, yeah, so cocktail the name cock is definitely accentuated so that people hopefully understand that it is a gay bar because um, there is still a need for safe spaces within the gay community for you know, LGBTQ plus individuals to go and feel safe. And that's important um, to acknowledge it. But we did a little different when we designed um, Cocktail. And I'll get to your original question, but I think it, it's part of kind of the design of the whole place. Um, most gay bars up to probably this point in time have been darker, secluded places, not open to the street. Very unusual to have such a large open window in the front. Um, again, there's, you know, there's a certain, you know, amount, unfortunately, of population that is still homophobic and and not comfortable uh, with, you know, gay bars in general or homosexuality in general, whatever you want to call it. And and so it's been a little bit of, you know, apprehensive for bar owners and anybody to open a space up to the street as much as we did that one. But we wanted a space where people could feel proud to go. But yeah, it was still a safe space for individuals. And so we try to create that balance um, within there. And so a lot of the, um, that was originally office space and um, part of the lobby of the original hotel. And so what we did was we, um, you know, created a much larger space that I wanted uh, to pick up on. I, I wanted an ode to the history. So you'll see the old ceilings were kept intact with some of the old plaster moldings. But yet some of the new elements were were injected. I wanted it to feel industrial. Um, I wanted, uh, you know, when I was um, back when Georgie's was open, I loved how Georgie's had a space for people to talk and converse with their friends. But yet if you wanted to go dance, you could go to the other side and go dance. And so um, obviously not as big a footprint as Georgie's, but wanted to somehow create a space where you could come close to doing that. So part of the bar was set up as a loungier area with sofas and things of that sort. We've since changed that as people, the need has shown that we needed to be more of a nightclub than uh, just a bar. And so, um, you know, the other side was really meant more for, if you wanted to dance, it was there. Um, so we put in a huge disco ball, um, you know, to me, disco balls are iconic um, in all parts of the world as well as in all parts of our culture. And so, um, you know, I wanted a, a big disco ball to center the room. Um, then, you know, we started to get inspired by different things. And so we just started brainstorming. Um, we wanted, we had um, seen an exposition out in Vegas that used glow-in-the-dark slinkies. So we used those. Um, and then the, you know, my sixth sense of humor came to life and I said, what if we had um, neon penises 
uh, hanging from the ceiling within the slinkies so that you, you may not notice them at first glance, but as you look up at the disco ball, you see them. And so that's how that idea became part of the design. It was really um, not until we um, were close to opening that we thought up and kind of came up with that idea. There were always going to be disco balls there, but it definitely became bigger than what we thought it would be. And now it's one of the most photographed pieces in the bar. I'm quite sure. And um, <laughs> the lock screen on my phone is actually a brief video clip of your uh, disco balls in motion with a purple oh. light on them. So cool. I see them every time I open my phone. Um, but I, I love disco balls too. I've got a few in my living room with the spotlights on them just because, and I leave them running 24 seven just nice. to annoy my roommate. Cause he thinks, <laughs> why do you have disco ball going at 4 AM on a Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, because I can, but um, speaking of the, of the um, neon penis uh, concept there, I noticed that also you had some of those uh, being used for the draft beer handles as well. So yeah, so as we get as we uh, you know come up with ideas and um, it's really a concerted effort of friends, family that come up with these ideas and brainstorming sessions um, where I say, hey, what do you think of this? And then they feed into it or say no way or say yes and. Um, so they just kind of stuck. The disco ball stuck. The, the penises were a big hit. I'm amazed at how many straight people, A, come into the bar. Um, and 99% and of them are respectful of the space and what it is. Um, and I'm also amazed that we actually sell our t-shirt to as many straight men as we do gay men um, because they just love the design of it. And I, I often sit there and think do they know what this means and do they understand the you know the meaning of what this is about and but they love it they let any t-shirt we design they buy and they love and it's so it's it's become a bit of humor so we thought these penises have to make an appearance somewhere else so when we were designing the wet spot um which is the pool bar and uh soon to open pool in the back we decided to um use the penises back there and just a little bit of um, secret kind of on the inside is they'll make an appearance in the hotel as well. All right, then. That'll be an interesting coat hook or, yeah, or faucet something. or something. <laughs> we'll be curious to see what that, what that actually is. Um, so the bar itself is really a fun place. I've been there earlier in the day. I've been there at night. I've been there on weekdays and weekends. It always seems to have a decent crowd. Um, everybody always seems to be having a good time. Um, you you do not limit yourself to the basic, you know, rum and coke cocktail. You have uh, some talented bartenders that are actually a little creative and can make something a little bit more interesting than a you know a generic beverage. Um, and yeah, the whole vibe I is really cool. It's just. I think I a little to another guy again. I was interviewing uh, last week who has a few bars in, in Fort Lauderdale and Wilton Manors, and he is not on the beach either. Um, a lot of people think immediately when they hear Fort Lauderdale or they hear St. Pete, oh, you're right on the beach. No. Yeah. Um, but your bar has kind of a beachy feel. It's very open and airy and, you know, with the little pool outside and the hotel upstairs. And it, it has kind of that 
beachy, resorty, vacationy feel to that whole complex, uh, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. So kind of stepping back to the drink, what you notice about the drink. So most gay bars in general don't have specialty cocktails, a drink list. Uh, I want it again to be different and something new. Um, a lot of people have said gay bars are going by the wayside. They're not going to, they're not going to succeed anymore after Scruff, Grinder, all of that came out. That's how people meet nowadays. Um, it's been extremely successful, or we wouldn't be opening the wet spot uh, and doing that, you know, as well. And now the hotel, it's been very well received. Um, I definitely wanted, again, that's part of the design process was to keep the space open and airy and make it feel not so secluded of a bar, not to, you know, something that people could, again, be proud of in a space that they could call their own. So um, we wanted it to be unique and different. At that same time, we knew there was a um, security risk with doing so. Um, you know, unfortunately, you think about unfortunate incidents like, um, you know, it seems like weekly there are mass shootings in the U.S. Um, and, you know, too close to home was Pulse when I lived in um, Orlando. Uh, that unfortunate incident happened uh, at that nightclub. And I said to myself, if I'm going to own a bar or a nightclub, I will never call somebody's parents and tell them that, unfortunately, their child is no longer living because they were in my bar and somebody came in and did something horrific to them. Um, and so I take security extremely um, personally, and, and we have a high level of security. Some think it's a, a bit obnoxious. Um, I would tell you, I, 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 oftentimes I don't think it's enough because things still um, can happen. And unfortunately, um, but as I looked at opening the space up and it being so open to the street and so airy and and different than most bars have been in the past again um i wanted security to be top priority i wanted people to feel safe there um and so some people get mad at us about it some people don't come in because of it but we have um, probably one of the highest tech security pieces i know in saint pete um involved in making sure that people are safe in there that it's being used in a lot of big cities uh, some people challenge, is it legal? It is 100% legal or we wouldn't have it. But we um, we scan everybody's ID that comes in there so that we can tell if it's fake, if they are of legal drinking age, if it is valid, um, and we won't let you in if it's not. And um, that frustrates people. But it, hopefully for our regular guests and the guests that decide to come in and join us, they understand that there also is a security risk in the world today in general, but even a bigger risk for people of the LGBTQ community to, um, you know, enter such a space. And I don't take it lightly. So that's why it's in place and, and kind of how the design has to work well with the systems that we put in place. Because if we're going to have it be so open, it's important that we um, are also vigilant about what could happen in the space. Now, over the years, uh, St. Pete has been known for having um, gay resort accommodations going way back. I mean, there used to be a place Suncoast. called Wedgwood that was downtown. Uh, years later, there was the Suncoast uh, down on 34th Street. Mm -hmm. um, more recently, there was the Flamingo um, that was also on 34th Street. And now, right in 
the district right on Central Avenue, right above Cocktail. Uh, you're opening a, um, a hotel called the Mare Jean. Uh, that's a historic hotel. It's been there for quite a while. The building's been around for a long time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the backstory of the Mari Jean? Sure. So actually, you mentioned some of those resorts. I went to the Suncoast. I went to the Flamingo, obviously more recent. Again, we're we're trying to do the same thing we did with Cocktail and bring people a new offering that isn't uh, that they can be proud of. So it's going to be um, more upscale than than those past resorts you've mentioned, not that there was anything wrong with them. We're just trying to be different and unique. And so we're taking uh, a hotel from 1926 that was uh, big in its heyday, you know, obviously didn't have air conditioning, um, was only open during our nicer months where it wasn't so obviously hot like it is today. Out to the side of the building, the um, caretaker's house was sitting on what is now going to be the wet spot, which um, it will be, again, the pool bar um, and pool that sit out to the side. But there were gardens, beautiful gardens when it opened in a, in a caretaker's house. Um, and this all kind of is weird to me and, and also kind of really cool is the fact that that house um, later I found after I got involved in, in putting a gay bar in here and, and then deciding to make it a gay resort was moved uh, when they were about to demolish it and the city moved it and it became the LGBTQ Welcome Center. So the fact that we are now making the whole hotel, um, you know, a gay hotel is very cool to me. It's, you know, it's its second life, really. But the hotel has been through kind of many reiterations, multiple owners originally. Um, the uh, Mari Jean was its original name. Um, and so we decided to keep it when we were looking at, you know, we we toyed around with changing the name and we're like, let's be true to kind of what the building is. The hotel became somewhat of what some would call an insane asylum for a short time. And then it became an assisted living facility before the um, owners, you know, before us, before they had um, bought it and started to make it back into a hotel. And so it's kind of lived through a bunch of different reiterations um and so uh you know then then it was called the Benton for a while that's when the Miami developers bought it uh started putting some money into it and I think again realized it was the space was way more uh in need of work than than what they thought it was originally um and so we decided to keep the original name we're going to open a uh 54 room property upstairs hotel um, property or remodeling obviously the rooms that are there um, and so and and it'll be in conjunction with the pool that's going to be out back and the wet spot um, that's going to be out back and so those will be amenities that the guests can enjoy there is going to the pool um, that's in its, its side yard. Now, obviously I have not been inside the hotel uh, but I have seen some of the uh, architectural drawings and the plans for what it's going to look like. And again, it is a very design intentional space. It's not a space that, you know, you said, well, hey, let's go to the, you know, Ramada Inn Clearance Center and buy 45 headboards and 45 wing chairs and 45 laminated desks and throw them in there. Um, it kind of reminds me, you know, you had mentioned it's a much smaller space than 
than either Suncoast or Flamingo were, which ha- both had over 100 rooms. But it kind of gives me the vibe of like a um, an Ian Schrager boutique hotel. It's not, you know, it's it's a little fancy, but not not intimidatingly fancy. It's it's got a nice sense of style to it, and it's. I can't emphasize this enough. This property that has all these different businesses in it, each of which has an intentional design concept, an intentional theme, yet they do not look like they belong together. It does not look like the sink does not look like it's part of the cocktail. Yeah. And the hotel does not look like it's part of the same. They all have their own individual personality and style. Yeah. And so that's probably some of what I brought from Darden is, you know, Darden has eight brands, Capital Grill, Olive Garden, Seasons 52, Eddie B's. Um, so I would say that's probably one of the biggest things is we were very conscious when we designed things for the restaurants to make them unique to that brand and be very true to the brand. Um, and so, for example, we wouldn't use the same salt and pepper shaker from one to the other just to do it and make things and buying easier and make you know, buying power bigger. We were more intentional with brand decisions that went back to the brand filters. So how was the brand designed? What was it designed for? I've tried to do the same thing in those learnings from working for such a large corporation that had so many brands underneath it um, is to make intentional decisions that stay true to the brand. So figure out the brand first and then say, how can we bring odes to the other so where you know they're connected? So in other words, you mentioned earlier, the taps outside at the wet spot, they're the penises from inside that hang around the disco balls. So there's small pieces that you'll see at each property that are kind of an ode to, yes, we're connected, but we're our own brand in, in itself. And so you're right, the um, hotel feel, you're taking a hotel from a very uh, time gone past where today hotels are designed very differently. We are trying to take a room and uh, from 1926, 28, that it has been designed for what it needed then and bring it to the future, which um, is going to be, it's going to feel much more boutique-ish. It's going to, all the furniture we decided to make um, rather than buy because the rooms are unique in features and things that happen within an old building like that. And so, um, and there wasn't a one size fits all and we didn't want it to feel like a chained hotel. We wanted it to feel more unique and different. There will be surprises on each floor. There's two floors above the ground floor where all the other businesses are, um, 54 rooms. Uh, we wanted it to feel unique and different and and be its own entity. And so you will find uniqueness about it there. We're adding some cool elements, some of which we can talk about today and others, which are going to be surprises for, you know, people that, you know, rent rooms there and eventually stay at the hotel when we get it open. So now, now if, if I were to stay at the hotel, which I'm sure you're going to comp me like a whole week for New Year's or something, because you're not going to be busy at New Year's. Uh, (laughs) But if I were to stay at the hotel, um, do I have an option of ordering, say, dinner from the Saint and having it delivered at room service? Or do I have to go down there? Are the businesses integrated in that way? They are integrated. So we're adding a kitchen right now behind what is the back room um, by Zazu at, at the hotel. So we have a store now in the 
what is the lobby of the hotel. And behind that, we're adding a kitchen that can, right now we use Lolita's um, wine market and um, they make all of our foods for the saint. We will eventually make all of the menus for, we will eventually serve food at cocktail, the wet spot and the hotel and the saint. And so that kitchen is, um, you know, under construction at this point, should open around the same time, if not before the hotel does. Um, and so, yes, you're going to be able to utilize services from all of the above. Um, when you, when you um, come in as a day pass at the pool, so say you're not staying at the pool, you'll be able to come in with a day pass, you will get a complimentary cocktail, um, you know, designed from the, from cocktail. Um, you'll get a pool towel. When you stay at the hotel, the first thing you'll do when you check in is get a complimentary cocktail. So they're all kind of working together um, to provide the service, yet you're going to feel as though you're in your own experience when you're in each space. Now, is this hotel designed to be an adult hotel? And by that, I yeah. mean, are you allowing children to stay there or? It's going to be an adult only gay hotel. Um, and so, no, uh, we're not. And uh yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, it's probably just as well, considering the nature of the businesses right there and the location. I don't know that it would be particularly um, enjoyable for children yeah. to stay there because yeah. there's not much to amuse them around there. It's pretty much. Well, a, and we're we're pretty adult oriented businesses. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Felt like the right thing to do um, in doing that. So what kind of surprises do you have in store for us with the hotel that you can talk about right now? Well, we're going to offer amenities like things like uh, free bikes that you can bike around town with while you're staying in the hotel. We're going to um, we partnered with Indigo Scooters, who is a new um, scooter company. Unlike any of the scooters that you see today, they're a sit down scooter. Um, unlike the ones that you can rent with the city, these are going to be rented for half a day and a full day if you want to go to the beach. So you can actually take them all the way out to the beach. Um, they're, they're beach mobile, so you can drive them on the beach. Uh, so we're partnering with them to rent those out in the front of the hotel. Um, so we're going to offer, obviously, that you can go to the wet spot. You'll have a reserved space out there um, when you have a room. And then we're going to have some, um, we're going to have, you know, a continental breakfast for people who stay with us on the second floor lobby. So the actual hotel lobby, um, different than entering on the first floor, will be on the second floor when you get off the elevator. Um, and so we will also have similar uh, adult themed um, bits of humor throughout the hotel that are unique to it, but kind of, again, circle back to what we've done with the other businesses. It sounds like a really exciting complex. I Like I said, I've been there. I've been to that property. Um, it's really cool. I was there most recently uh, during St. Pete Pride when, of course, the place was completely packed. And I did get to see uh, what will be uh, the wet spot. I was very tempted because it was so hot and, and so packed out there to dive into the pool. But I thought that's probably not a good idea when it's just an empty yeah. concrete shell. I might hurt myself. So I, you know, abstain from that option. But it was nice to know that there is a pool there. Um, as you mentioned, people can buy a day pass. Um, 
I think you also have a long-term membership, don't you? Yeah, we do. We have a month to month. Um, it's not for everybody, but it's for people who are going to use the pool more than five times in a month. Uh, we would suggest getting it. And, and so the longer you're a member, so if you go for three months, month to month as a member, you'll get other perks as well. So within your month, you get to bring four friends along with you. Uh, so you get friend passes. Again, each time you come in, you get uh, you get a towel to use for the day. You get uh, a complimentary cocktail. Um, when you hit three months, you get four extra friend passes to bring um, for that month. When you hit six months, you get a uh, bottle service um, out by the pool. And when you hit nine months, you get a VIP cabana rental for a day that you choose. Um, so there are perks to definitely going month to month. We will only do 100 memberships, um, and they're set pre-selling right now. Um, so we'll probably sell out, I would think, pretty close to before we open or just after we open the pool. And then the rest will be all hotel guests and then day passes as we have room to fit people in that can come for the day and, and get a day pass. They'll get a towel, a complimentary cocktail. We have lockers out there so that you can lock up your valuables if you're simply going in the pool and not laying out things of that sort. So we'll have showers. Um, and so part of the, we had hoped to have the pool open a good couple months ago, but again, supply chain issues are killing us. We need more power in the building. Obviously the building being as old as it is only has so much power. We are maxing that out with the um, sound system and light system that we have in cocktail, which is pretty elaborate. And so um, we have had to add extra power while the Duke Energy's had to order a transformer, a big, huge transformer to power the building. And so that's on back order. The pool pumps are on back order. So we're just constantly waiting on back ordered items. And so most of that's coming in uh, in this week or next week. And so we hope to see some big progress happening on the pool finishing up um, and the pavers going down and then the VIP cabanas and things. Um, at this point, we, we think we'll get the pool open before this, but we're going to shoot for a grand opening of the wet spot for Halloween weekend. So Halloween weekend, they closed 22 blocks of Central last year. Uh, they're going to do it again this year. So, uh, and we had a huge concert out in front um, of the space that, uh, you know, went over great. There were about 80,000 people in the street that day. Um, and in, inside the businesses down in the Grand Central, we're going to do the same thing again this year. Um, we're moving the concert into, since the pool, the wet spot will be opening, you know, that'll be the grand opening that weekend. We're um, hoping to have some big name talent on both Saturday night and Sunday back there for people to enjoy. And for people who are looking at the pictures throughout this uh, video, the wet spot is an, is an out the wet spot is an outdoor space. So you'll see it's got a long bar on one side with the um, aforementioned penis um, handles on the draft yeah. beer, but uh, and also a pool and you know nice outdoor space. But it's all co very conveniently connected through a small hallway. Uh, you can go right inside. You can stroll over to a uh, cocktail if you want to be in a bigger indoor enclosed space and have some funky disco balls to look at. But on the path between the patio for wet, wet spot and the patio for cocktail or the inside of cocktail is a, um, a little gift shop, which, you know, every hotel should have a gift shop. But since <clears throat> David has somewhat of a little 
a little bit of a twisted mind and a different <laughs> perspective on things. Uh, this gift shop is called The Back Room. And it is in the back of the space, so it's kind of a play on words there. Um, it's it's called the Back Room by Zazud, but really doesn't have all that much in common with the Zazud um, inventory. It focuses mostly on stuff that you would expect to find at like a beachfront resort shop, you know, swimwear, underwear. Um, socks, tank tops, T-shirts, ball caps, stuff like that. Um, and of course, <clears throat> some other accoutrements you might need for your evening pleasures up in your right. room. Um, right. Tell us a little bit about, about background. What does it say across the top of the door? I can't remember. There's a sign across the door inside that has some kind of a witty phrase on it. And well, there's a clock in the back, maybe what you're referring to, but you probably, uh, well, I guess you can say it on here. I don't know. Um, it says it's time to fuck, I think is what you're Oh, maybe you're it referring is. To. It's a, a giant clock on the back wall that says that. Um, and so I think that's probably what you're referring to. But we try to, again, take, uh, as you said, my sixth sense of humor or, or or witty sense of humor and put it in there as well. And so again, stuff that's in there. Um, there are some crossover things from both the store Zazu down on Central and Sixth and up there. And so, but not a ton. And so we're trying to, that space was originally part of the hotel lobby. Um, it actually, back in the early days, the original hotel, it was outdoor space. Um, that was like more of a patio space to the gardens. Um, and so we had this extra space. We originally were gonna use it for something unique, uh, benefiting the hotel. We had a bit originally visioned, we found the original elevator on the second floor of the hotel. We had it lowered to the first floor and we were originally going to make that the front desk of the hotel. Um, we were pretty excited about it. The elevator's in really good shape. Um, and so we were going to do a little bit of remodeling to it and, and make it the front desk of the hotel. Unfortunately, the way um, we're having to engineer some doors and things around there from a fire safety perspective, um, it wasn't panning out. And then as we got busier and busier at Cocktail, we realized this isn't the best space for somebody to check into a hotel. Um, so there's a central area upstairs that we're going to use as both the kind of breakfast area for the continental breakfast, as well as um, the hotel check-in. So the, you know, the bellman will actually bring guests in through the front door of the hotel, which will eventually have an awning over it um, and a, a space to pull up and unload. And then they'll take you up to the second floor where the actual lobby will be. But this store is down kind of on first floor um, and it's gonna have eventually things like suntan lotion, sunscreens in there, things that hotel guests will need. Um, and right now it has, you know, it has swimsuits, like you said, underwear and those type of things. Uh, there aren't, there isn't a store in St. Pete uh, really geared with that kind of merchandise for the gay community. And so we wanted to we thought it was, hey, let's use the space for that. It's, you know, people coming in from out of town want to go to the beach. We're so close. That's why I love this city. It's, you know, 15 minutes from a beach, but I get the big city so that, you know, my ADHD can be stimulated with the city environment and then I can relax actually. And the one place that I do is out on the beach. Um, and so 
we wanted people to be able to enjoy both. And we figured, obviously, if they're coming to town, they're going to, going to enjoy both. And so we thought the store was a good a good fit. We connected it back to Zazud as we do all of our businesses. We want people to be able to explore and enjoy them each in their own. So we thought it was it was a nice way to connect the businesses by simply say by Zazud and and kind of have the same humor and same take on um, merchandising and and products that we do in there, just with a different twist. Well, right. And I think uh, too, as uh, you know. Is true with pretty much any any connected businesses. It adds a little bit of um, legitimacy to the business. It's not just some random person right. opened up a backroom store. It's associated with a store that's been in existence for almost ten years, and is well respected in the community, and you know has a good reputation for being a legitimate retailer. And that right. always helps too. Uh, I've been in that store. I've purchased things from that store. Um, I agree with you. Um, one of my um, one of my friends from many years ago, uh, Robert, owned a store that was called Bourbon Street Boxers that later opened. Um, I think they had a store in Orlando too at one time, didn't they? I um, think so, yeah. And then he um, he had a boutique down at um, was it at Suncoast or Flamingo? I think there was Flamingo. a a, a little, yeah a little gay store that sold you know, underwear and all kinds of stuff like that. And that is something that is missing. I mean, you can't really walk into, uh, you know, to local Macy's and find a, a really cool collection of sexy Andrew Christian briefs or, right. you know, whatever. Um, so it is very nice to have, not only to have it, but to have it in an environment where you can feel comfortable, you know, Buying showing it, it to your yeah. boyfriend or your best friend or whatever and say, what do you think of these? Would these look good on me? And you're not intimidated by the fact that the clerk is a, you know, 78 year old blue haired lady yeah. with a gigantic cross around her neck, just kind of <laughs> judging you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it is a very cool store. And um, I was pleasantly surprised to see what was in there. And of course, during Pride, it was packed. There were people in there. I think they were practically throwing money at you. Um, I can't even imagine <laughs> how many Brinks armored cars you needed to go home that night because. Well, it's simply being dumped into the ground outside going <laughs> into the uh, hotel upstairs. Well, that, isn't that what a swing pool is like? It's it's for, it's kind of like <laughs> it's a boat. Literally. It's a big hole in the water that you just keep pouring money into. Yeah, this space is not cheap to renovate. Trust me, an old building costs you a lot of money to renovate. So it's simply going from one business to the next um, and funding those ventures. So. Hopefully. Unfortunately, as you alluded to earlier, um, you know, when you go back to my early days going to gay bars and probably your first experiences in gay bars, things were different. The bars were dark. They were dingy. They often um, were in less than uh, nice parts of town. They had rear entrances. You were almost embarrassed to walk in there. You yeah. weren't really proud of the spaces. And you're taking something that was old and kind of decrepit and rundown. And polishing it up and fixing it up and putting a new paint job on it and making it into something that not only embraces the LGBT community and, you know, everybody else in the area, but you're making it something that is we can be proud of. And, you know, you walk in there and you feel good about yourself. You know, you don't oh, feel man. like you're a second class citizen having to walk into, you know, some dingy rundown dive 
to have a drink because you're not good enough to go to a nice bar. Everything there, everything you've done there is high quality, stylish, tasteful. You know, it's a very nice presentation. Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, that's what we're shooting for. We wanted to, you know, break all the paradigms. So putting putting even a pool that people could go to that didn't stay there in the center of a city um, is pretty unusual, especially a, you know, a LGBTQ focused one. So we're trying to break all those paradigms. You know, even if you look at the last resorts that have been here, it's unusual that we sit downtown on the main thoroughfare that goes through the city. Um, and so again, we're trying to make it different and unique and something that people will want to come out for and, and have a good time and spend time and, and create memories with friends and family so that, you know, we have all those spaces kind of checked off. Did I think I would retire and have five businesses, six businesses? Absolutely not. Uh, Yet here you I, are. I miss the days of laying on the beach on the weekends and going out on my boat and things of that sort. Uh, but I also um, am very proud of the spaces that we are bringing people together to enjoy, um, you know, from a community perspective. And um, I work seven days a week. Uh, oftentimes I'm there till two in the morning. I'm a very dedicated business owner um, and helping my staff. I've got a great staff of people. Uh, it's not that I have to be there. Oftentimes it's that I'm there to help them be successful, but I'm also there to protect the brand. So I'm very much about the brand and how it's perceived and, and how um, we craft that brand and mold it into what it will stay, hopefully, over a test of time. And so I believe it's important that a business owner be there. People are a little shocked that I'm there daily. And if they see me there at 2.30 in the morning, um, which happens often on the weekends, um, they'll say to me, go home. Like, and and it, I only stay when I feel like I need to stay or, um, you know, when I feel like my management team and employee team needs me to stay, I'll stay. Um, and, and the volume that we're doing there, sometimes it's just overwhelming. And so uh, an extra set of hands, I bartended two weeks ago. It brought back some skills that I hadn't used in a while outside of making drinks for friends at home or on the boat. But um you know, you do what you have to do to get through. And, and sometimes volume just, it, it's crazy. People, you know, you build it, they'll come um, if you if you put money into it. Uh, my dad taught me early on, you have to spend money to make money. Um, and any business owner that is not putting money back into their business after they originally create the brand will never succeed. It will not stay long term. Um, I think that's a big mistake that people make in the business world is they don't think they need to continue to reinvest. And so I, I'm amazed, I'm shocked at how much stuff breaks in a night um, in a bar. Uh, and I'm shocked at how much stuff breaks, obviously, out at a pool area and it's going to break in a hotel that we are constantly replacing. But I mean, going back to cocktail, we've re-engineered cocktail five times probably since we opened from a seating perspective, from where our DJ booth is, where entertainment takes place. And we're continuing to reinvent the space based on the needs and what it's used for. And that's important. And I think people respect the fact 
that we're doing that, that we continue to put money in. People told us the chairs were uncomfortable when we were originally open. That was a huge investment. We, we replaced every chair in there. That wasn't cheap, but we felt as though we had heard enough feedback about it and it was important to replace them and have them be more comfortable. Um, so we continue to do the same kind of stuff. We listen to what people say, we watch how people use the space and then we, we adapt the space for that. Um, and so, I think that's a big part of why all the businesses have been successful and hopefully why they'll continue to be successful is because we're committed to continuing to keep them spaces that you are proud of and you want to be in. And we certainly appreciate everything you're doing, uh, not only for the gay community, but also uh, for the downtown, you know, St. Pete area there on Central Avenue. It's definitely an improvement and um, definitely making the area much nicer and more desirable. Um, yeah, it's amazing how much in the two years since we opened the Saint, how different the area feels and looks. And we're getting great new businesses come in that you know wouldn't have been attracted to that part of town before. Um, and so it's just stretching central, you know, closer to the beach from a business perspective to keep people shopping and doing things down there. Um, it's important to the growth of the city and to maintaining the city where it is even today for those Absolutely. that don't see the city grow it's important that the city stay vibrant and stay um, well maintained for people to continue to want to come back here and for people who are not familiar with that area you know my aunt and uncle bought a house um, down in south pasadena about 40 years ago so i have an experience with downtown st pete that goes back four decades and at that time you did not dare walk down central avenue after 6 p.m at all yeah it yeah, was not an area that sure. you wanted to be in it was a danger zone it was very um run down and not a pretty place to be at all and to watch it evolve and you know get nicer and nicer and more proper businesses come in and cleaned up and the chihuly museum down the street and the holocaust museum and the museum of natural history and all this stuff in that general area um, it's amazing. And we are so glad that you have become a part of this. So now that you have, you, you've completely retired and do absolutely nothing except run six businesses. What's next on the plate? Oh God, hopefully some rest. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I have to feel really passionate about a project for it to happen. And so, um, somehow this is just kind of worked out. I, the thing that I originally agreed on was one bar in this in this building, and then I said, "Okay, we'll we'll do both bars in the building." And so, um, you know, it just it keeps growing, and and you know, it, it's it's going to be a bit before something else happens for sure because these two bigger last projects. I mean, they take a year to really craft and and get right and and you know babysit in its first year their infancy any new business in its beginning phases um is critical uh to keeping nurturing it and keep again changing it to where you look at how people use it and you change whatever it was intended to do and you say okay here's how they're really using it let's let's make it even more useful so um it's going to be a little bit i i don't foresee um it's not out of the picture but i don't foresee another business yet at least in the next year but hey you never know what happens 
This is true. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about all these yeah. great businesses that you've thank developed you in St. Pete. And um, thank you for everything you're doing in the Grand Central District. Very kind of you. Thank you. That concludes another episode of the Gay Archive Show. For more information about this episode or to find more episodes, visit gaybarchives.com.